Welcome to Rico's Podcast, your weekly dose of geeky goodness. Greetings, everyone. This is Rico, and this is Treks in Sci-Fi, Podcast 691 for July 15th, 2018. Uh, welcome to the show, everyone. This week, we're going to do a classic-style show. We're going to talk about a Star Trek episode, a Deep Space Nine episode. It's been many months since I've covered a Deep Space Nine episode. This one is um, uh, called Civil Defense. Uh, it features a lot of Gul Dukat, I think, and, uh, and you know, Deep Space Nine goodness. So that's going to be the main topic. We'll play that episode. I'll play the episode and comment on it as we go. Talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of uh, sci-fi, fantasy, geekdom, television, movies, comics, whatever. Uh, crosses my mind. Uh, the big week this week coming up, uh, I'll be out at... Uh, San Diego Comic-Con for the first time ever, um, getting out there on July 18th, going to preview night, and then I'll be there through Saturday, flying back on Sunday. i uh, really looking forward to it, looking forward to seeing Kenny, looking forward to being uh, completely exhausted <laughs> each day, and, and uh, you know, looking forward to standing in line. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about the con stuff uh, at the beginning of the show, a little bit of things going on with that. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's about all the preliminaries out of the way. You guys know how this works. If you've been listening for a while, uh, let's uh, do this podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> the first uh, the first lesson of podcasting the, the the first rule of podcasting is don't don't talk about podcasting. But no, the first rule is the way to um, get into a show. Although I've never had that much trouble, it's always the trickiest. Once you get rolling. Uh, it's kind of like uh, having a conversation, even though I do this mostly by myself. But your mind tends to, I think, form thoughts and as you, you know, hopefully form thoughts before you speak. I was going to say, all right, I don't know why I'm babbling about all this stuff. Uh, let's just dive in uh, again. Thank you for listening, folks. This is Trex and Sci-Fi. If um, maybe you've stumbled across, uh, yeah, maybe you've stumbled across this podcast by somebody who can't speak. Uh, for the first time, if you are maybe a, perhaps a first-time listener, I never really uh, know if how many you know first-time listeners there are uh, each week. If, if you know, I, I get sometimes I get the feeling that podcasting has sort of become uh, sort of a mature industry in a way. Industry is maybe not the best word, but that people kind of have settled into a groove of what they listen to. I mean, I. Probably every six months or so, I kind of poke around on iTunes and try to, you know, try something new. Uh, maybe, maybe even not even that often. Maybe it's less than that. I, I don't know. It's been a while, but uh, I, I think most people tend to zero in on shows that they like and they just kind of stick with those. And and maybe they don't go out there and look for new podcasts too often. I, I'm not sure really. I'm looking for a new tech podcast too. I, I. Um, I've listened to a few of them. I'm always looking for a good thing on like computers and technology. 
I used to listen to This Week in Tech, and I, that kind of turned me off after a while, Leo Laporte and, and his ways. But anyway, um, I'm really diverging, really sp- spinning spinning off the edge. <laughs> All right, let's 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 zero in. So anyway, uh, but welcome to the show. This, this show covers mostly Star Trek, Star Wars, television, movies, geeky topics, comics, and that. So, And if you want to support the show, you can do that uh, over at patreon.com forward slash treks in sci-fi thanks to those who do that so and i guess one last thing the email is treksf at gmail.com please contact me if you're going to be at san diego comic-con and i guess that's the first thing i'll really dive into and talk about this week please let me know if you maybe are a listener to the podcast and uh, maybe you are going to go to the con and we we'd have a chance to meet up i'm going to be there for the most part i guess i won't really be there on sunday but that's about it i'll be there all the rest of the days and I would like to meet some new people that I've never uh, met in person. So uh, let me know. I would ha- be happy to do that. Uh, uh, just shoot me an email. Maybe we can find a meeting spot. I'll, I'll have, uh, you know, I'll be checking my phone and things uh, when I'm at the con. I'll also, uh, I guess I can mention it now, the best place to to see things from the con that I'll be putting up, pictures, videos, junk like that, is probably the Facebook group, the Treks and Sci-Fi Facebook group. Uh, just search for that. Uh, I think there's, if you go to treksinsci-fi.com, there's a link on the right-hand side uh, for the Facebook group. Sign up, and I mean, it, it's a public group, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if you if you sign up as a member versus, I, I, I guess if you sign up as a member, you'll see things in your feed, I guess the difference is. So. But that's it. Also, um, Instagram is another good place. Uh, I have Instagram. It's Rico. R-I-C-O underscore D as in dog for my last name. It's not Treks and Sci-Fi. And that I usually post. I mean, that's not just Treks and Sci-Fi related things. It's, it's you know, what did I have for lunch? What movie am I seeing? Uh, whatever I feel like taking a picture of. A lot, a lot of pictures of my dog, Kaylee. <laughs> um, but uh, so that, that, that gets used pretty regularly. I, I put up a few pictures each week. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, although I don't use it a lot these days. I, I've kind of really gotten out of that. I'll I'll post something to Facebook and like, you know, sometimes I'll I'll make it go to Twitter as well. But Twitter is Trex and Sci-Fi is my handle over there. So that's it. Um, that'll be where I'll be posting con stuff. Now, um, being the first time I've gone to this con and I've been texting, not uh, texting a little and also instant messaging with with Kenny trying to learn the rope. So this year for San Diego Comic-Con, they're trying something new. And uh, it seems very it seems like it's going over a little bit, not maybe the greatest. But so one of the things, a couple of things that happen at Comic-Con, a big San Diego Comic-Con and other cons as well. But one of the big areas that they do or one of the things that happens is, is the companies that are out there for merchandise like Hasbro uh, Lego, uh, that kind of stuff. They have booths with exclusive merchandise, right? You can buy, you know, there's only 500 of these and they're going to be available at the con and that kind of stuff. Some things very exclusive, some things maybe not as exclusive, but, you know, limited supply. So this year, that, if, to get into those exclusive um, buying places, booths, and also, they have some cast signings, like the group from The Flash. All the CW shows are going to have a, a cast signing thing. They're going to have. Uh, there are other ones as well, like the cast of Orville and and people behind the scenes. Uh, what else? Uh, a few other Fox shows, CW shows. But 
So what happened if you have a Comic-Con login and you're going to the con and all that and you're signed up for it? They, about a couple of weeks ago, I don't know when they first put these up and uh, when you first had access to it, but what basically you had to do is go into your Comic-Con account and they had a whole long list uh, for each day of different exclusive um, events that you could say, hey, I'm interested in, in doing that. And I thought, and I did that, I, I signed up for about a dozen things, maybe 10 or 12 things. Uh, I thought that I had read you can't do more than one um, more than one per company, kind of. You know, you can't sign up for multiples of them, right? For example, Hasbro had something multiple times each day. I thought you could only sign up once. I don't know. Other people signed up for multiple times. Uh, but the, the bottom line, so on Friday, yeah, on Friday last week, Everybody got an email saying, hey, we've we've done these. What this was supposed to be was like a lottery thing, right? You were supposed to – there was a lottery situation where it was going to go out to a random number of people who would be saying they get it, you know, access to these, whatever they tried to sign up for. Uh, I looked uh, on Friday evening <laughs> after I got home from work, and I got a big zero. I got nothing. I got into nothing, into none of these things that I tried for. Uh, Arnie over at Star Wars Action News apparently tried for like 70 things and got into nothing. Uh, most of the people that I've I've seen online and, and have contact with, there were some DC comic people signings like Jim Lee, Tom King, if you know comic books in DC. No Marvel people, though. But um, so these were very specified times and places and things and events. And it, it, it seems like you know, there is like 150,000 or something like that people that go to this thing over the multiple days it goes on. And I know that you can't like obviously have all of those people get any get into something. Right. Um, but it, it and, and I'm trying to stay positive about going to this con. It isn't really the main reason I'm going uh, to, to do these things. But it just seems like and I've heard this from a number of people for many years, especially Arnie and the Star Wars Action News people is that doing any of these things is really, really hard to do. Um, the other thing that's hard to do is to get into a lot of the very big, big panel uh, events like Hall H, they call it, uh, that you basically have to camp out for hours on end overnight, perhaps to get into any of those kinds of um, things. And it's, um, I don't know, I, I've been starting to think about this as like going to an amusement park. You go to the amusement park and you pay your money. You pay all your money to get into the amusement. You fly there. You get a hotel or whatever. You get to the amusement park and you can't go on any of the rides. So there's a lot of smaller panels that I'm going to try to go to, try to meet up with different people, obviously cruise around, uh, take a lot of photos and video of costumes and things like that. I'm going to dress up at least one day, I think, as Indy, and that's about it. I, I decided to go pretty low-key on, on that, but I do want to dress up at least one of the days. Probably on Saturday, I'm thinking, because it's going to be the big day. Although I may change that. Maybe maybe I'll want to go just casual on Saturday so I can get easier um, to take photos of everybody when I'm not dressed up myself. It's a little complicated, you know, to carry around cameras and things when you're in a costume. So the it's just um, we'll, we'll see how it all goes. I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun. I, I'm really, really looking forward to experiencing it for the first time. Uh, it could be my first and last time. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I've heard, in, 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 while I've been um, getting set up to go out to this thing, I've heard different things. Like, I've heard New York Comic Con is not quite so, in, you know, has not quite the insanity level that 
uh, San Diego Comic Con has. I've heard good things about WonderCon, for example, in, in California, uh, that I think there's a threshold of people at a convention. Even the Motor City Comic Con that I go to, and I've, I've mentioned this each time I've gone, they're, they've got to a level like they have about 80,000 that go to that. And, you know, it's about half of what goes to San Diego Comic-Con, except the venue, the place is is much, much smaller. So, you know, you have uh, half the people at San Diego there, but the venue is not nearly as big. So keep that in mind. So my point being like Austin Comic-Con, I think, is a great place because it's not it, it, it's pretty well um laid out in terms of although you know i don't know the dealer's room last time i went last year was kind of weird the way they laid it out but but it's not super super crowded it's easy to get in and out of uh and they have some pretty decent celebrities you know some years have been pretty light but other last year was really good uh so it's just a nice you know place that isn't crazy you can really enjoy yourself you don't feel like you're you know being just jostled around and and it, it there's I think there's again a, a, a sweet spot for conventions that uh, when you go beyond that and San Diego Comic Con I think is well beyond that that um, I think you you got to counter and 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 take uh, take it for what it is uh, but we'll we'll see I am trying to get into a few press things which are whole uh, completely different than all that exclusive stuff uh, especially this Star Trek there's a Star Trek Discovery uh, press conference uh, slash red carpet event thing on Friday. You have to be a media press badge person to to apply to get into that, which I did. I should learn about that in the next day or so. I should know before I fly out there on Wednesday if I'm going to get into that. So, yeah, I'm excited. I am hopeful, and I'm going to have a good time no matter what. And the weather's looking pretty good. You know, it's been super hot across the country this summer. Hey, it is summer, you know. But it has been pretty intense. But San Diego uh, has really great weather. It's it's right near the ocean. Uh, they tend to not get nearly as hot during the day as, as a lot of California does. And they also cool off a lot better at night. I mean, I'm seeing like the temps are going to be like 80, low 80s kind of a thing at the most, which is not bad. And they don't tend to have the humidity that... Uh, that like we have here during the summer in Michigan or a lot of places. So it's, uh, especially if you're wearing costumes, I'm not going to do that very much, like I said, but I, I do feel for the people who do, uh, you don't want to be like a 90 degree humid day. That's just going to kill you. I mean, inside the con will be, uh, you know, will be okay. I mean, it's, it's going to have AC obviously or does, and that'll probably be not too bad, but a lot of the convention seems to bleed out into the streets bleeds out into other nearby hotels and other little places around. So there is going to be a lot. And, and, and it's nice to be able to, especially the costuming people, it's nice to be able to go outside in pictures because there's nothing like taking photos of people uh, in, in natural light. Uh, much, much, much better. Uh, nicer, nicer sort of background scenery can be. Plus, it's just the lighting helps immensely to get a nice picture of people. So again, uh, it's going to be fun. I am really looking forward to it and i know when i get back next sunday a week from today in the evening i'll be exhausted i don't know why i'm thinking i'm going to go to work that monday i don't know i might have to change that idea so um i'm going to take a short break here i'm going to talk about i'll come back and talk about a couple other little things and then we'll get into the deep space nine episode be right back you can support rico's podcast at patreon.com forward slash trucks and sci-fi 
Okay, folks, I'm back. Uh, I'll talk about a little bit about some movies, television. I, I, I think I, uh, I already talked about, um, talked briefly about Ant-Man. Uh, good movie, fun movie, go see it. Uh, the next one I guess that I really want to see is Mission Impossible. Uh, Fallout, I think, is the subtitle for this one at the end of July. Uh, hey, who wants to not? Who doesn't want to see uh, Superman and Tom Cruise fight each other? So that looks fun. Those are always fun movies to me. Tom Cruise still is probably the guy that does the craziest stunts in movies, uh, and the guy is fifty something or the other. I forget how old exactly, but probably mid fifties, maybe. Anyway, um, so what else? Oh, yes, Netflix. Gosh, Netflix has got so much stuff on it. Every you, you can turn around three times, turn Netflix on, and then turn it turn it off, turn it around three times, and go back on. And there's a new Netflix made for movie um, or a television series or both or something. So I finally, yes, I, even though it came out, when did it come out? April, I think it came out. Uh, I finally finished Lost in Space. <laughs> what is this now? So three months later, approximately. Yeah, I finally finished Lost in Space. Watched a couple episodes last week. Really, really good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the, the the little bits of changes that they did for the show, I think, are good. But the essence of Lost in Space is still there. Uh, I, I I think they did a great job. I'm, I'm really happy that it did well. I'm really happy people seem to like it for the most part. And that it's already getting a second season. It's already been approved. So I'm probably thinking next year, probably a year from now, maybe we'll get that. Something like that. So, uh, yeah, finally finished Lost in Space. I'm still finishing Jessica Jones. I think I have two or three episodes of season two of that to finish. I want to get into Luke Cage uh, after Jessica Jones. Hard to keep up with those Marvel uh, Marvel series. I think there's another Daredevil season coming. I think there's another Punisher season coming. Uh, so, yeah, so that's, uh, that's good. Uh, Jessica Jones season two, I don't think it's been quite as intense uh Kilgrave uh for season one with David Tennant it's very hard to top that that was a very intense season so but I do like that show so uh, I've been watching that there there's a couple other little things on there I'm still finishing up Death Note uh which is an anime series on that's on Netflix I got probably I think I have two or three episodes maybe three three something like that left of that to finish I'll try to download some to my iPad for uh, the flight out to San Diego. Uh, that should be um, should be finishing that one up. Uh, not a lot else on television right now. I'm still finishing up the this final season of the originals is airing. Uh, Humans, the BBC show. I guess it's a BBC show. I think it shows on AMC. Uh, season three of that has been airing. Uh, I'm still finishing off this final season of Twelve Monkeys. Uh, which, if you've never seen Twelve Monkeys, it's a it's a Sci-Fi Channel show. They're doing its last season or showing its last season now. Probably one of the best time travel shows that they've ever done. It's it's really good. I can't really recommend it enough. Really good show. Uh, watch Twelve Monkeys. I mean, it's sort of somewhat related to the to the movie, but it's really completely its own thing. Uh, so check that out. Uh, it's, it's really had a great run. I really like it a lot. It's one of those series. I think that's, that's very underseen and underappreciated just like timeless was, you know, I don't, I don't know what, uh, what's with some of these, uh, some things I, I, there's just so much content out there. Like I said earlier about a new show on Netflix every five minutes, it's very hard to keep up with. Uh, there's a bunch of shows on there that I still would like to watch sometime travelers. I watched what 
one or two episodes and it just it it, it looks interesting but it just fell off to the side because I had so many other things uh, not sci-fi but I'm, I'm I'm starting to get my way th- work my way through the last season of Longmire uh, which is a great western show Katie Sackhoff is in that so I got to watch that of course but uh, yeah lots of lots of good stuff plenty of things to consume I did also watch a movie last night that I've been meaning to watch finally watched Flatliners the remake of Flatliners yeah not so good really. I, I'd heard it wasn't that great, but I I, uh, I like that idea and concept. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland is actually in this, who was in the original as a as one of the medical doctor teacher people at the hospital. All these younger you know doctors in training are working at. So uh, Ellen Page, who's been in the X Men movies, was in it. I like her. Nina Dobrev uh, from Vampire Diaries was in it. Uh, so uh, oh, and and Diego. Luna, is that how you say his name? The guy from Rogue One, he's in it as well. You know that guy's got a lot of charisma. I, I'd like to see him do more, do or show up in a lot of more movies. I, uh, I I like him a lot. You know, I really would like to see him in Star Trek. I, I think he'd be great in Star Trek. Uh, so, um, all right, so there. I think that's it. We're twenty minutes or so into the podcast. Let's take uh, let's let's get spin off right into this Deep Space Nine episode, Civil Defense, uh, here on Treks and Sci Fi, coming up right now on this this here podcast here we go with uh civil defense from deep space nine and now for the star trek episode commentary okay here we go with civil defense season three episode seven of deep space nine we're down with chief o'brien right now doing some going, scanning Jake? fine i've deleted half the cardassian files from the computer I can't believe how many subroutines it took just to run this ore processor. Well, it used to be a pretty large operation. When the Cardassians were in charge, I understand they processed 20,000 tons a day. That's a lot of ore. Must have been hell in here. I heard stories the temperature reached 55 degrees Celsius. How could the Bajoran workers survive that? Well, a lot of them didn't. When you've deleted all those files, I'll show you how to download the new operating system. You really think we can convert this place into a deuterium refinery? Absolutely. It'll take us three, maybe four weeks at most. I hope you're planning on eating during the next three, four weeks. Commander, I guess I lost track of the time. We're almost finished, Dad. Chief, I'm having a problem deleting one of these files. Have you tried oh, be careful, Jake. the data cluster? Yeah, but the file's still here. Here, let me see. That's odd. What's that, Chief? Well, the file has no name. No indication what it is. I better set it That's aside for good. now. I can transfer it to the central database in Ops and analyze it in the morning. Wait a minute. Unauthorized computer entry detected in Ore Processing Unit 5. Enter access code. Incorrect code. You have five seconds to enter correct access code. Oh, that's not oh, good. What? Oh, I don't know. I better stop it. So the Warning. door is shut. Worker revolt in progress in ore processing unit five. Security countermeasures initiated. What the hell? Bashoran workers, your attention, please. Your attempt to seize control of this facility is going to fail. You are valuable workers and we wish you no harm. However, if you do not return control of this unit to your Cardassian supervisors, 
We will be forced to take action. You have eight minutes to make your decision. Uh-oh. Not good. Alright, so, you know, looks like they're already in trouble here. Uh, Chief O'Brien doing some work back there in this ore processing area and, you know, set off this little sort of trap that's left over, you know, when it was Tarek Nor before it became Deep Space Nine, when it was being run by the Cardassians during the occupation of Bajor and all that. All right. The episode, Civil Defense, this first aired back on November 7th, already around my birthday, in 1994. It uh, is from Season 3, like I said earlier. Uh, it is Episode 7 for Season 3. Uh, basically, th this is... Uh, I, I, I like this episode because there's a lot of... Um, there's there's Garrick, Guldicott, and, and, I, and I've always liked this idea of the fact that they... Um, that the Federation and the Bajorans and other others, you know, that they've been working and using this this piece of hardware, this station, uh, Deep Space Nine, Terraknor, and they they really, you know, don't know everything that's 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 there, right? All the little skeletons in the closet, they don't know what things were put into the computer system, what in the program. Although, you know, the the computer nerd part of me would say, like, wouldn't you just take whatever? OS or you know computer system you got on this thing everywhere and every subsystem and all that and just wipe it all and put in your own junk I, I don't know I, I it's probably a lot more complex than that especially being that it was written for the station so it works I think it makes sense one of the backgrounds on this as I was reading prepping for the show was that this was a extremely hard episode to write from the writer's standpoint uh, it was written by Mike Crone and directed by Reza Badley Go ahead. Commander, what is going on down there? We just got a recorded message from Gul Dukat regarding some worker revolt in the ore processing facility. We saw the same message. It seems we've tripped some kind of automated security program the Cardassians left. We're locked in. Well, we'll beam you out of there. Enter access code. What? If this security program thinks it's been some kind of workers' revolt, then it must think this station is still under Cardassian rule, so it's probably waiting for us to enter an emergency code. One that the Cardassians never bothered to give us when they left. Order to arms. Kira here. My Cardassian access codes are still valid. I'm attempting to override the security program, but it's going to take some time. I'm not sure my clearance level is high enough. Well, keep at it. We'll try to do the same thing from up here. Acknowledged. Odo, do you mind telling me what this is all about? That message from Ducat is making my customers nervous. And when they're nervous, they're not... Not now, Quark. I'm busy. Well, is there anything I can do to help? Not unless you have a level 9 Cardassian security clearance. Let's see. Well, maybe. I think I have everything from levels 1 through 7. I only have levels 1 through 6. Well... If you'd like a level 7, I'm sure we can make some kind of arrangement. Leave me alone, Quark. Oh, no. There's something very wrong going on, and this is the <laughs> safest place in the whole station. I think I'll stay right here. Any luck? Nothing. It's probably magnetically sealed, like the door. We need a phaser to blast it open. 
Well, there's no way I can disable the program from here. Bajoran workers, your time is running out. But it's not too late. You can still surrender and save your lives. So obviously Ducat's, you know, message here is is making them or should make them. Let's Computer, talk to Ducat. This is the leader of the Bajoran workers. We surrender. I'm glad to see you've come to your senses. Stay where you are. When Cardassian security arrives, they will place you into custody, but you will not be harmed. You have my word. For whatever that's worth. Now what? Well, it sounds like the program is going to wait for Cardassian security to enter the all-clear protocol. That'll give us a few minutes anyway. What's in here? Nothing at the moment. Processed uridium used to pour down that pipe to a secondary refining facility in level 33 and be purified. It's not locked. Since that pipe was filled with molten uridium, there wasn't any need for security measures. Well, it's too narrow for anyone to escape through. I can get in there. Chief, if we can crawl up this pipe into the machine, can he get to the ore chute and open that hatch from inside? Bajoran workers, you have not surrendered to Cardassian security. If you do not do so in the next three minutes, I will be forced to release neurocene gas into the ore processing facility. I can do it. So Jake's crawling through this tube like they just described. Um... Bajoran workers. You have two minutes left to give yourselves up to your It's kind of funny they haven't tried to contact Ducat yet. I, I know they do. The episode has a lot Jake? of him in it. Loud and clear, but I can't see a thing. There should be a large circular opening to your right. Okay, let me see if I can find it. Even if you were to escape this station. Ow! Jacob, you all right? Yeah, I just banged my head on something. Back to Bayshore. Wait a second. There's a junction here. It feels like it goes off in two directions. Which way do I go? Follow this sound, Jake. Do it again, Dad. Got it. Uh, I'm in the chute. There should be a small access port on one of the walls. Found it. Open the hatch. And feel around inside for a handle. It should be shaped like a stirrup. You know, I never knew how much this man's voice annoyed me. <laughs> I can reach it, but I, I can't get hold of it. You have to pull the handle down, Jake. It's the release for the hatch. I'm trying. I, I, I can't. Uh, don't, don't tense up. Relax. Now just take a deep breath and try again. I'm sorry, but your time has run out. I was hoping you would be reasonable. Rest assured that your deaths will serve as an example to prevent similar incidents. In well, that's the not good. Your deaths? I got it! So they're, uh, so you got the hatch that's Dax. above them. Maybe if we bypass the primary command pathway and cross-connect the backup with the ODM. Warning. 
Workers have escaped from Ore Processing Unit 5. Initiating station-wide counterinsurgency program. So now ops got locked now what? Down. Attention Bajoran workers. I will not allow this rebellion to succeed. If you do not surrender immediately, I will be forced to kill every Bajoran on this station. Well, that's not good, huh? So, yeah, like I was saying earlier, a lot of writers, basically everyone that was working on Deep Space Nine and the writing staff took a crack at this episode. I guess it was really not coming together. Michael Pillar wasn't happy with it. Ronald Moore worked on it. Wait a second, I found something. And what is it? I don't know. They couldn't seem to make it cohesive story sure out of this. And, but eventually they got it to work. It doesn't smell too good either. And I think it's a pretty interesting one. I, again, I like the idea that they're like on this kind of hijack station and have to deal with this this type of a problem. Plus, I like right. we've got the different groups of people here working in different ways. Then it will be dumped down that chute to the processing facility. So now these um, O'Brien and Cisco and, and Jake have, have crawled into a different area here? here of the ore area. Just back down that You know where that leads to? Cisco to Ops. Cisco to security. Try yours. O'Brien to Ops. Jake, Cisco to anyone who can hear me. Something must be interfering with the signal. What do we do now? It's no good. We're completely cut off from the rest of the station. There must be some kind of general dampening field in place. It must be disrupting communications. All right. Time for a less subtle approach. So Kira's pulled out a Kira phaser Doctor. type. So that, she blasted the panel for one of the doors. Oh, the Kardashians don't miss a trick, do they? The ironic thing is that field is probably there to protect ops from the hordes of rebelling Bajorans. Well, we gotta find a way of disabling the So she got the door open, but there's a, a force field in place killed. now, too. If we can regain control of the main computer, we may be able to wipe the security program from its memory. Now, if I can reroute the APT relay through the secondary buffer, I might get an independent terminal working. You know, I've been here nearly three years, and I was just finally starting to think of this place as home. Your home was built by Cardassians, Doctor. Don't ever forget that. Well, there's not much chance of that, is there? What do you mean? We're trapped. I mean, we're trapped. I wouldn't be surprised if the entire station is locked down. So well, there's force fields shit. now on the inner door for me, for Odo's security uh, office as well. So change into something and get us out of here. This force field isn't just protecting the door. It goes through the bulkheads, the ceiling, the deck. There's nowhere for me to go. You're telling me I'm stuck here? <laughs> with, with you? <laughs> no. I'm stuck here with you. Believe me, a far worse fate. And stay away from my computer. So they're trying to use this like war car to break the door open. Hold on. 
but it's not, of course, working very well. Anything? Uh, not even a dent. There has to be something else we can do. What about all this ore? As I understand it, iridium is very unstable. That's true. But in its raw form, you need a strong electrical charge to detonate it. Can we use that? Well, if I had some tools, I might be able to get in there and yank out some electrical cable. So, uh, Cisco just pulled, like, a, like a handle off the ore car to help, uh, O'Brien open up this panel. There's a light fixture kind Almost of thing. Almost done. Ah! Get me a med kit. Uh, Easy, Jadzia. I have to take a look. I was reaching toward the Odeon conduit and... Because a small force field went off and it got my hand. So she was, what you heard, and her hands are kind of burned now. She got a big electrical charge. Well, there's secondary burns, but I don't think there's any neural damage. This should relieve the pain. Warning. Security in the operations center has been compromised. Initiating counterinsurgency program level two. Attention, Bajoran workers. Your failure to surrender is forcing me to take stronger measures. In five minutes, we will begin pumping neurocene gas into the habitat ring. Think of your families as you consider your course of action. All Cardassian personnel should evacuate the area immediately. Habitat ring. There have to be hundreds of people trapped in their quarters out there. I believe that's the point, Major. Computer, access code Garrick 1359. Ironic, isn't it? The only place in the galaxy that still recognizes my access code is a Bajoran space station. If you can get past the force fields, you've got to get out to the habitat ring and start evacuating those people before- I'd like nothing better than to help my loyal customers. But it's not that simple. My access code enables me to move about the station. But unfortunately, as you've just seen, the force fields reappear the moment I pass through a doorway. Have you tried using your code to shut down the security program? Oh, several times, but for some reason I can't begin to fathom. Guldicott chose not to trust me with his top-level security codes during the occupation. Garak, do you know a way we can stop this neurocene gas? The only way to do that is to destroy the life support system. What are you trying to do, Garrick? Get us all killed? No, wait a minute, he's right. The neurocene gas is released through the life support systems, destroyed, and we save everybody in the habitat ring. For 12 hours, and then everyone on the station will suffocate when we run out of oxygen. Well, that gives us 12 hours to regain control of this station. Believe me, Major, it's the only way to save those people. I believe life support is controlled from over there. Get down. Warning. Counterinsurgency program level two has been interrupted. Initiating counterinsurgency program level three. Well, that's not My great. My fellow Cardassians. I regret to inform you that Bashoran workers have gained control of this station. 
In all likelihood, I am dead, or otherwise incapacitated. But rest assured, the station will not be allowed to remain in Bajoran hands. However, it is my duty to inform you that if you do not regain control within two hours, the station will be destroyed. Self-destruct sequence initiated. Yeah, it's time to reboot that system. Get rid of all that Cardassian security junk on there. Come on! Come on! Give me that before you hurt yourself. So Quark was trying to blast his force field uh, in Odo's office and blast his way out, but of course that doesn't work. Listen to my father. He always warned me this was going to happen. What? That you'd spend your final hours in jail? I could have told you that. No. He warned me never to leave home. He said there were plenty of business opportunities right outside my door. But no, I had to follow the 75th rule of acquisition. Home is where the heart is, but the stars are made of latinum. I do want to get that list or book of Ferengi rules sometime. Wheeling and dealing, and what has it got me? One measly little bar. My uncle Fred owns 30, and my cousin Gala. I know. He owns a moon. I told you that? Many times. <laughs> it's a small moon. It's a small moon, but he owns it. To live on. Yeah. Oh, come on, Quark. You've done all right for yourself. Oh, what do you know? Quark, I've met a lot of Ferengis in my time. And the truth is, though some of them may have been more wealthy, I've never met one more devious. Really? Would I lie? I guess not. There's one little Thank costume you, change here for Odo. He had that this belt on for the first few episodes of this season, and and he decided they yeah. didn't really like that look. Uh, supposedly, mainly Rene Auberginois didn't like the no. belt look. He thought it looked a little too Buck Rogers, but... So they took the belt off. So better. no more Odo belt here. I wish I could have done more. But I won't be able to repair the damaged tissue until we can get you to the infirmary. Any luck? Mm, plenty, Major. Unfortunately, all of it bad. My personal code can activate any terminal on the station. However, that's the extent of my access. All I can do is just look around. I can tell you exactly what's going on, but I can't do anything about it. As far as I can see, the only person who can disable the security program is Gul Dukat. Maybe there's a way to fool the computer into thinking that you are Gul Dukat. You could try rewriting your code to match his. Even if I could, it wouldn't do any good. If I were to input his code, the computer would scan my DNA pattern to determine if I really were Dukat. But what if we disabled the sensors and ops so that the computer couldn't scan you? What a creative idea. It certainly is worth a try. The question is, can we disconnect the sensors without anyone else getting hurt? We're just gonna have to take that chance. We could switch the sensor everything. input from the primary scanners to the backup scanners. The computer shouldn't see that as a threat, but it'll blind the system for a few seconds while we make the changeover. If it works, a few seconds are all I'll need. Major, I'm gonna need a hand.
Well, tell me, Doctor, what is it exactly about this situation that's making you smile? You, Garak. Hmm? Just wondering how many other tailors can rewrite Cardassian security protocols. I wouldn't even venture a guess. Which reminds <laughs> me, those pants you wanted altered are ready to be picked up. Now, this is a problem. What's wrong? I always suspected that Ducat was a little paranoid. He's left a rather large number of interrogative subroutines embedded in his access code. Meaning what? Meaning the computer is constantly challenging me to prove that I am who I say I am. Lieutenant, how much longer before you can disable those sensors? Uh, at least another ten minutes. I'm not sure we have that much time. In fact, I'm sure we don't. Warning. Unauthorized use of command code. Initiating counterinsurgency program level four. So something just... just came into the replicator. And it's blasting people in ops that actually destroyed a red shirt guy. You did it. Okay, we have the power cable. Now we need to pack the iridium around the door. It just doesn't sound like quite a great idea. Blowing up a bunch of rocks. It is like almost this little like phaser My ball. Phaser's thing. on the ops cable. Can anyone get to it? The answer, Major, is no. Well, we can't stay here and do nothing. I respectfully disagree, Major. Nothing is about all we can do. Let me guess. Someone tried to duplicate my access code, hmm? Dukat! What the hell are you doing here? A short time ago, I had a very strange experience. There I was, patrolling the demilitarized zone when I received a distress signal from me. Or at least a recording of me. It seems the Bajoran workers were rioting on Tarak Noor. <laughs> I must admit, it piqued my curiosity. I see. The auto-destruct program has begun. Well, so this well, little blasting well, thing is not, of course, shooting Dukat through his Where's Commander Sisko? I trust he wasn't vaporized while asking for one of those Roctoginos he's so fond of? No, last we heard he was trapped in the ore processing unit. Hmm. I wish him well. Well, can you help us or not? Oh, most certainly. All I have to do is enter my command code and shut down the program. Well, then do it! All in good time, Major Kira. All in good time. But first, there are a few things we should discuss. Red leaf tea, please. Doctor. What do you want, Ducat? You'll find I don't react well to that tone of voice, Major. <laughs> Garrick, groveling in a corner. That alone makes my trip worthwhile. Garrick, easy, Doctor. It would appear that the computer is only targeting non-Cardassians. If you had been on the station when I designed this program, I would have made an exception in your case. 
Well, you've always been short-sighted. It's held you back over the years. As I recall, your father had the same flaw. My father's only flaw was trusting you. Funny, at his trial, your father said that his biggest flaw was that his ambition outweighed his patriotism. Maybe you two could settle this at another time! You're right, Major. But believe me, Garrick, that time is coming. Major! Why don't you join me in the commander's office where we can talk in private? Oh! I forgot. The replicator. Well, it's the least I can do. You can all rise now. You're safe. For the moment. One of the things with this episode that they were trying to do was make Gold Ducat a little bit more threatening than he Major? had been. They didn't want him to, uh, as they said, turn into the friendly neighborhood Cardassian. So they had thought that he'd gone a little soft, a little too easy. So they tried to make him a little bit more of an adversary here and, and not just go along with everything they needed Major? and wanted so easily. So I'll be brief. I think it is time to reestablish a permanent Cardassian presence aboard this station. Nothing too elaborate, mind you. A garrison would suffice. I can deploy troops from my ship immediately. And in return, I'll solve your current dilemma. Well, you know I'm never going to agree to that. I'm not sure you have much of a choice here. You and I both know neither Bajor nor the Federation will ever honor an agreement negotiated under a death threat. <laughs> I don't expect them to be happy about it. But once my troops are in place, I think you'll find it very difficult to get them to leave. Well, let me put this another way. I will destroy this station before I ever give it back to the Cardassians. Yes. I'm sure you would. But... Would you allow 2,000 people aboard this station to die simply because you don't like... us? Hmm. Well, there's no need to decide just yet. We still have a little time left. Thirty minutes, in fact. Why don't I return to my ship so that you'll have time to think about it? Seems like they should I'll have just back. grabbed a weapon and like in say twenty-five at minutes. You know, Ducat, one to transport, energize. Energize, Ducat, 
If you are seeing this recording, it means you tried to abandon your post while the station's self-destruct sequence was engaged. That will this not be is outrageous. permitted. You have lost control of Terraknor, <laughs> disgracing so now yourself turned on him and Cardassia. Your attempt to escape is no doubt a final act of cowardice. All fail-safes have been eliminated. Your personal access codes have been rescinded. Uh-oh, that's Destruct not good. sequence can no longer be halted. All you can do now is contemplate the depth of your disgrace and try to die like a Cardassian. Well, well, well. I guess he's in the same spot they all are in now. Computer. Abort the self-destruct sequence. This is a priority one override. Clearance level nine. Authorization. Ducat. Five one one six. Green. Request denied. All authorization codes are void. Time to self-destruct. Twenty-five minutes. <laughs> Even your own computer program turns against you. I always knew your short-sightedness would be your downfall. I don't see you coming up with any ideas, <laughs> Taylor. Look, if you two are finished with the insults, we could use some help here. Now, yeah. what can you tell us about the self-destruct sequence? It's very simple. When the countdown is completed, the computer will order the main fusion reactor to disengage the reaction stabilizers, causing it to overload, destroying the station. What about the reactor? Is there any way to shut it down? It may be possible to manually disengage the laser fusion initiator. But in order to do that, we have to be in the reactor room. Not necessarily. We can disengage the initiator from one of the control junctions on level 34. But now the computer's wiped out the access codes. Not even a Cardassian can get out of this room. Well, then maybe we should concentrate on trying to eliminate the force field protecting the door. We don't have time to eliminate every force field between here and level 34. What we need to do is find a way to deactivate all the force fields on the station at the same time. And we're back with the guys trying to blow the door up. Okay. O'Brien, Cisco, and Jake. If we use much more, we run the risk of bringing the whole room down around our ears. take cover. So Brian pulled this long glowy wire Would out of the wall. Like uh, to do the honors, sir? Keep your heads down. And they they kind of broke off little bits of it to make kind of a fuse to where all the rocks are at. And of course it worked. It worked! <laughs> Blew a nice little kind of oval hole for them through the door. Well, not door. I guess it's a door hatchway, something. Whatever. So they're crawling out of that, working their way through uh, into this other room. I set up this program, and I assure you, Major, I will find a way to defeat it. There is no dilemma that cannot be solved by a disciplined Cardassian mind. It's not going to work, you know. 
What are you babbling on about now? I'm talking about Major Kira. What about her? She's much too busy trying to save this station to be impressed with your incessant posturing. Garrick! And even if she weren't, she has much better taste than to be attracted to you. You, a married man. I should have executed you years ago. Oh, you tried. Remember? Garak, this isn't helping. Wait a minute. What about the power supply grid? If we could overload the grid, we might be able to cause a power surge and short out all the force fields on the station. It might even be enough to eliminate the dampening field that's been keeping us from using our communicators. Tell me something, Major. The Cardassian neutralization emitters that were under here. I assume you deactivated them when you took control of this station? That's right. We prefer our containment fields to be non-lethal. But are the emitters still in place? As far as I know. Excellent. That means that they have not been affected by the counterinsurgency program. That means we still have control of them. Then if we can get the emitters back online, we can use them to overload the power grid. Exactly. Do you think it'll be enough to eliminate the force fields? Unfortunately, so is, we'll lose the turbo lifts and the transporters, but they aren't much use to us right now. This anyway. is one of those first times where you see this little try. attraction between Ducat or Ducat for Kira, which gets touched on in other episodes too. It's a little creepy when you think about it because he was kind of her captor, you know, when it was under Cardassian rule. We can climb it all the way to us. Let's see if we can get these doors open. Of course, when she was, you know, we're running out of time. Trapped like that. I'm almost done. I've got the could have pretty much done whatever he wanted, but control panels. Now all I have to do is reattach them to the power grid, like so. All right, I'm ready. Brace yourselves. Basically, I guess they, they hook these emitter thingies into the power grid and it caused this overload now. Here to Cisco. Go ahead, Major. Oh, Commander, am I glad to hear you. What's your location? Level 29, Section D. What's your status in arms? We got about 10 minutes before the main reactor core overloads and destroys the station. The only way to stop it is to disengage the laser fusion initiator at one of the control junctions on level 34. But the turbolifts and transporters are offline. They'll never get there in time. But we might. Major, Mr. O'Brien and I will handle the reactor. You begin evacuating the station. Get as many people as you can to the Defiant and the Runabouts. Understood. Good luck. Jake, I want you to head for Runabout Pad C. It's too far. I'll never make it. Listen to me, Jake. I'm going with you. All right. Let's go. So they've got the uh, force fields down. They can move about the station. Warning. Main fusion reactors will overload in seven minutes. Tell me something I don't already know. Kira to Odo. Go ahead, Major. We're beginning evacuation procedures. The force fields have been deactivated, and all the doors on the station should be operable. All except one. It seems the force field around my office is still in operation. I'll send a work team down immediately. Warning. 
Main fusion reactors will overload in six minutes. Are you telling me we're the only ones still locked in? <laughs> this force field must be on a separate system from the others. But why go to so much trouble to keep people out of the security office? It's not to keep people out, it's to keep me in. I suppose during the occupation, the Cardassians considered their security chief a security risk. And I know why. Or do you? It's because they knew you were an honorable man. The kind of person who would do the right thing regardless of the circumstances. True. And now, yes. your integrity is going to get us both killed. <laughs> I hope you're happy. Warning. Main fusion reactors will overload in five minutes. So, so they're all if making their way trying to get to this uh, yeah, main power. We may not have time to disengage the fusion initiator. What if we directed the explosion into the shields? That's not a bad idea. The shields are the only thing at the station that can absorb that much energy. So they got down to a corridor area and there was sort of some debris. Corridor's completely blocked for the next 50 meters. Can't we get around it? We don't have time. There might be a way. There's a maintenance conduit adjacent to this corridor. If it's not blocked, we might be able to get around the debris and get to the reactor control junction. Give me a hand. I can feel heat through the door. What's wrong? See for yourself. Warning. Main fusion reactors will overload in three minutes. I want you to wait here. Oh, but... I mean it this time. I'll go first. Follow five meters behind me. If so one this, of us runs into trouble in here. I know, I know. The other one keeps on going. This conduit is is like overheating or something like that. There's some kind of gas in there, and these guys are uh, going to crawl through it anyway. They ripped off some of their sleeves to sort of make themselves gloves. No, it's on. It's literally on fire. It's got this sort of green fire look. And Cisco uh, and O'Brien are crawling through this thing. Sort of an explosion. O'Brien kind of. O'Brien. He fell and, and he's passed out on that. But Cisco looks back at him and he has to keep moving. O'Brien gets himself back up, kind of snaps out of it a little bit, but then falls back again. So now, uh, main fusion reactors will overload. Cisco in is into this little Cisco to place. Chief, can you hear me? Chief, 
so Jake saw O'Brien and he's crawling in to help him. Jake is pulling out O'Brien out of the other end. <laughs> Not much time left. sort of electrical like lightning shooting out from the station to the shields the overload that that Cisco was trying to put in place to uh, to stop the uh, station from blowing up O'Brien to Cisco Chief you're alright <laughs> yeah looks like we all are Important con artist who's nowhere near as clever as he thinks he is. That's your official security evaluation of me. Bork, I told you to stay away from the computer. Two hours ago, you told me I was the most devious Ferengi you ever met. I thought we were going to die. I was trying to be nice. Name one Ferengi who's more devious than I am. Grant Nagus. Right? Name another. Damon Ty. One you personally know. Your brother Ra. My brother? Your uncle Friend. Friend? Your cousin Gaila. Gaila? The one with the bull? Yep, there you go. So they walk off, they get out of the office, they're talking about who's the more devious Ferengi between, you know, Quark and uh, Odo are talking. And that's it. There's that episode of Deep Space Nine called Civil Defense. Sort of a weird title when you think about it, I guess a little, but it makes sense. I like it a lot. I always like the idea that they were on this, like I said earlier, they're on this station that's not a, uh, not really for them, wasn't uh, designed for them, but they still use it. And these things happen. This kind of a thing, you know, computer kind of going wild is, is happened in Trek a few different times, a few different ways. So uh, I like the idea and we got some good Garrick and Gul Dukat action going on, and uh, everybody had their little bit of a part to play in this one. I always like it when that happens, too. So, good episode from Season 3 of Deep Space Nine. I'll take a short break. I'll be back in a moment to wrap up today's show. When you're not listening to Treks and Sci-Fi and our friend Rico, please listen to the Anomaly Podcast. You can find us online at AnomalyPodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y Podcast.com. Okay, folks, that, that's uh, uh, going to do it just about for today's show. Uh, just a couple little announcements. One will be, uh, obviously, I'm going to be at San Diego Comic-Con next week. 
I will try to put out a show at the uh, next weekend. It probably won't go out until Monday, uh, the 23rd, but it's going to be a guest cast with Mark covering another classic sci-fi film from the past. And then in two weeks, about two weeks from now, I'll do a big vidcast video uh, show uh, with music videos and all kinds of stuff and info and and hoopla about San Diego Comic-Con, of course. So, again, I'll be posting some stuff on the Facebook group, uh, on my Instagram page, and wherever I can uh, about uh, the show while I'm there, and, and sure, certainly a bunch when I come back as well. So, thanks, everyone, so much for listening. Really appreciate uh, anyone who downloads the podcast. Hope it was entertaining. Always fun to go back and look at a, a, a classic DS9 episode. Uh, I do miss that show. I miss uh, I miss Trek in general, and Discovery's been off for a while now too. So uh, I, I I really want another movie. You know, come on, let's let's get something real, real official, official talked. I mean, there you know there was that um, announcement about all this potential new Trek stuff coming, even this idea of a of a series with Patrick Stewart as Picard coming in, maybe an animated series, uh, a couple of movies in development, lots of talk. But but nothing, you know, super concrete or, or super official yet. So uh, I, I know Trek is back. I think we're I think we're on the cusp of uh, a lot of new Trek coming our way. So I'm pretty excited by that. I think that's uh, I, I think this CBS all access thing, even though it got a lot of uh, well, people, people were kind of down on it. I, I, I think it's just the start of some interesting and good things to come. So uh, hang in there and uh, I'll talk to you guys all again very soon. And probably from San Diego Comic-Con on the Facebook group. Take care, everyone. Enjoy your hot summer. And I'll speak with you again very soon. Bye-bye. This has been a Rico Dusty Podcast production.